0: Welcome to Sermons by Brad Tuttle. We are so glad you decided to join us today. We know you're going to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged by this powerful sermon. title today is um, God's Relentless Intimate Covenant Love. So write that down. It's God's Relentless Intimate Covenant Love. And something I thought about is that love creates an atmosphere of security and growth and freedom when we truly experience love. I thought about my sweet little pup back there, Dolly. <laughs> so um, when we were led to Dolly, you know, Pastor and I had prayed, and you all know my little honey bear went to be with the Lord. I believe that. She's going to be in heaven one day, and I'm going to see her at that pearly gate. She's going to uh, meet me and greet me, and then she's going to jump on Pastor because <laughs> she loved to do that. But... um You know, Dolly, the Lord led us to her. We prayed for her. We planned for her. Um, And the Lord led us to the place where she was being kept for us. Because as Christians, nothing is by happenstance. You know, God cares about every detail of our life. The Word of God says he's concerned about those things that concern us. And he will perfect those things which concern us. And so when I found little Dolly, they were doing the best they could for her. They were giving her shelter. They were giving her love and food and a little limited playground. And um, we went in there, and we brought her out of darkness into the light. And that's what God did for us when we came to Christ. He brought us out of darkness, and he brought us into the light. He brought us into his family, into his fold. And he said, you know what? Not only are you coming in, but everything that's mine is yours. And everything that's my husband's and mine is that little dog's. And she has more babies than anyone. You know, somebody came to our house and they were like, do y'all have children? Because <laughs> there's a big basket of baby dolls. You know, and I'm like, well, we do. She's seven and her name's <laughs> Dolly. But um, something about love, that the kind of love that a parent has for a child it's unconditional. It's a love that will lay down your life for your child. It's a love that when your child hurts, you hurt. God loves us so much more than that. You know, this morning, uh, my little sweet child, Dolly, um, I love her, but I was trying to get some sleep. You know, sometimes when pastor's gone, I don't sleep real well. And um, so she started this new thing And I don't know if it's like a toddler. I'm not sure what's going on. But what she does to wake me up is she starts rolling. Like rolling. And she rolls a couple times until she hits me. And then she nuzzles up and leans 60 pounds of muscle on me. And and I kind of am like, what's going on? And I look down at the foot of the bed and she's staring. And I'm thinking, I love that dog. Do I like it right now? I'm not sure. But God's love It's a relentless, intimate covenant love. God's love is relentless. And what that means is he made a firm decision, a resolve, not to ever change his love. It is unconditional, and it is unwavering. His love is persistent. It's intentional, and it's determined. His love continues firmly. It is constant, and it is never-ending. His love is strong, and it's indestructible. His love is powerful, and it's unshakable. His love is enduring and persevering. It stops at nothing. His love is perfect, and it's complete. And his love pursues. In Acts 9, we know about the road to Damascus with uh, Saul. And as you know, to give you a little bit of history, Saul had trained under some of the greatest theologians of his time. Saul really did love his God, and he thought what he was doing was right before his God, and he persecuted Christians. He would go out, and he was even there when Stephen was martyred. He was, um, you know, he really felt this passion, this zealot for the things of God, but he didn't know Christ. And on the road to Damascus, Jesus had an encounter with him and he said you know Saul why are you persecuting me and right then Saul was changed see God's love for Saul pursued Saul that even in his past God knew of it he brought Saul to himself he redeemed him he restored him and he gave him a call and that's something I want to say as we mature in age, and when we've been here on this earth a little bit longer than some of the other ones, you know, we can reflect back on our life. There's some things we wish we wouldn't have experienced, we wouldn't have done. <laughs> there's we've gained some wisdom. But I tell you what, wherever you are right now, whatever you've done, know that God's love is perfect. You know, yes, and that love, there's justice and there's, there's um, going to be consequences, you know, like when you tell your child, don't touch that hot stove, and you know why, because they're going to get burned, <laughs> you know, what does a child do usually, inch over, and in. when no one's looking, like in touch, <laughs> they have consequences to that, but the great thing about God's love, it doesn't end, there's nothing that you can do that will ever separate you from the love of God, and I don't know about you, I find such security in that that it's not performance-based, it's not on works, that his love before the foundations of the earth, he set his love upon each and every one of those who are called according to his purpose. And that is such a beautiful thing to me. God's love is intimate. It is closely acquainted. It cherishes. It is devoted. And it is firm. God's love is fearless 1 John 4 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. You know, I, um, I'm going through my college right now and, uh, I thought I was done a couple of weeks ago. I finished my last course and, um, I was just like, thank you, Jesus. But I went ahead and emailed the dean of academics because I just wanted to make sure you know what I'm talking about. You, you think you're done, but you're like, oh mercy. Well, I wasn't done. He emailed <laughs> me back and I was like, what? Like, I can't even believe this. And so um, anyway, he said, you have one project left. And so I was gonna do it this week, but then pastor went out of town. So I um, worked on the sermon, So I'm gonna get it done hopefully next week. But um, in my, my course of studies, I had to take hermeneutics, translation, and inspiration. And um, I tell you, I've always had a love for God's Word, but it breaks it down in, in the lexicon and the Greek and the meaning of scriptures. And so I wanted to apply my education <laughs> to the scripture. So that's what I'm going to do right now. So 1 John four eighteen means the Greek meaning of it. There is no alarm or fright, no being put in fear no panic, no terror in love, but perfect, complete in all its parts, full-grown, mature love casts throws down fear because fear involves torment. And the one who fears has not been perfected in his love because God's perfect love cast out all tormenting fear. That's what that scripture means in the Greek. Isn't that powerful that, you know, um, when there's children out there and Pastor and I, years ago, we went to an adoption seminar, you know, just trying to look at our options. Is that something we want to do? And um, there were so many adoption agencies there, and they were talking about these precious children who, um, you know, they're in, they're in these uh, orphanages, and they've been taken out of these awful situations and put into these homes, and these homes are doing the best they can, these places. But, you know, the children, um, a lot of them, and I know overseas, they're not picked up. They're not loved. Um, there's not enough workers to do that, and those babies are left in cribs. And because of that, you know, God created us to be beings of love. And because of that, their, their, their growth is stunted. Uh, there's, they have distachment um, disorders. They're not able to really fully attach to someone. And so when they come to a home and there's love, there's this transition because they're not used to it. But once they let down their guard and they experience true love, it changes them. Like Dolly, she's not the same. You know, she was timid. You know, she, she would kind of sneak around. You were like, what is that? A bird of plane, What is that? She would kind of, you know, I was like, oh, mercy, what do we have here? And now she's just, you know, wild and free and it's so lovable. And that's the thing. If we will really experience the love of God, you know, we will grow. We will know that there is nowhere we can go hide from that love, that in that love there is a security, that, you know, He loves us. He doesn't keep account. When we repent of our sin, it says He chooses as far as the east is from the west to throw our sin and to remember it no more. He chooses that. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. But he chooses. And you know, a lot of times we're the ones that call back to mind. We recount those things we've done. He's thinking, I forgave you of that. His love is perfect, y'all, perfect. God's love is shown through covenant. The very basic structure of his love for us is built upon covenant. It is a binding agreement between God and us. That's what covenant is with our God. It is ratified through the shedding of blood. In the Old Testament, animals were dismembered. And both parties would walk through the shed blood. In the New Testament, Jesus shed his blood for us. God made a covenant with Abram in Genesis 15. And God tells Abram he shall have an heir. And God tells Abram his offspring would be as numerous as the stars. And God promises Abram a land. And this is what's the important thing here. Then God caused Abram to fall into a deep sleep. And God cut a covenant with him. And the covenant was not based on Abram at all. He was asleep, but solely on God and his word to him. Our covenant with our God as Christians is not based on our works, and it's not based on our performance. Jesus shed his blood on the cross and he said, I chose you from the foundations of the earth and my covenant is with you. And it's not based on anything you're going to do. It's based on me and what I have planned for your life and the call and the purpose I have. Isn't that refreshing? Galatians 3 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. So God thought about you in the Old Testament and into the New Testament. You know, the Testament means covenant. So there's the Old Covenant, there's the New Testament, the New Covenant. Praise God, amen. In the Old Testament, in Testament we see his relentless, intimate covenant love for Israel. And I just want to bring this home because so many times we think it's performance-based. Well, if I am perfect and I don't sin, then God loves me. Because a lot of um, our human relationships, it's conditional love. It really is. I love you, I love you, I love you until something happens. Then you're like, what? I don't know if I love you. And I'll tell you, for some of us that have our love language is more uh, words of affirmation. <laughs> when I, I first got married to pastor, um I'd love to say, I love you. And I think I've said this to y'all before, but I would say, honey, I love you. And he'd be up in the loft. I, I love you too, honey. No, I love you. I'd say it 50 times. It's like, I know I, know I heard it the first time. I'm like, oh, mercy. Don't deny my love. You know, and it's so funny. Or have y'all seen that commercial? I don't know, it's recent. Um, the wife is on his back and, and he's like, carrying her, she's like, I love you, I love you, I love you, and he's like, okay, okay, (laughs) and so that's me, if he could carry me on his back the whole time, I would be perfectly content, (laughs) isn't that funny, I don't know if he would be, but I would be, (laughs) but what I wanted to say about love, you know, human love can be conditional, but God's love is unconditional, so we're going to see this in Israel, Israel, God bless Israel, this was his chosen people, In Israel throughout, you see the Old Testament. They fell into idolatry, adultery. They fell in love with other little G gods. They worship pagan gods. But God's love, it was relentless. It was intimate, and he had a covenant with them, and he pursued them. So Jeremiah 31.3, God shows his parental love for Israel when he says... I have loved you with an everlasting love; therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. It was not based on their performance, and it was not based on their works. Yes, God told them in Deuteronomy, "Do this, and blessing will come; do this, and curse will come." And they experienced it. You know, love doesn't mean that you don't um, you don't chastise or you don't uh, bring what you need to bring to someone to bring him back. You know what I'm saying? There will be uh, consequences to sin. But God didn't turn his back on them. He loved them. Isaiah 43, 1 through 4 says, the Lord shows his relentless intimate love for Israel when he says, he, which is God, who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. He's saying this to a people who kept on worshiping other gods, kept on Their hearts were turned towards other things. And he's saying this to them. Hosea chapter 11, the Lord's parental love for Israel (laughs) shown when he says, and this shows a parent's love for a child. When, When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the bells and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. And I bent down to them and I fed them. Wow. Wow. They kept on betraying him, but he shows his parental love to his children because of covenant. God's relentless, intimate covenant love for you is shown in that he planned for you. And so many times we don't understand that, y'all. Again, we say God loves me. You know, yesterday I said it, I, um, you know, I'm a girl and I like to look nice and i It was just my heart's desire. I'm going to be honest. I wanted a dress. I wanted a new dress to preach from. And I did. I was like, Lord, you know my heart. I I want that. And so I went and I had to run some errands. And um, there was a place that just came to mind. You need to stop in there. So I went in there. You didn't have to twist my arm. (laughs) I was like, I'm going. And so I went in and... I found the stress, or I should say it found me. God knows. He cares, y'all. I call it supernatural shopping. He cares about the things we care about. You know, my my parents are here, and they're always (laughs) there. You know, they're here at church. They know the things I like. If they have it in their um, possession to do it, they're going to provide for me. And so I found the stress, and it was a certain price, and I was like, oh, wow, okay, so I thought, you know what? If it fits, I'm doing it. I went to the register, and the guy who's checking out, I said, I hope it's on sale. And he looked, and he goes, it is. It's 20% off. Mm-hmm. And then he said, you know what? I have a 25% off coupon on top of that. Wow. So it went from $138 to $37 with tax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I go, mercy! <laughs> when I was there, he was like, all right. <laughs> but I was like, God cares. He cares about everything that concerns us. He loves us. You know, sometimes we think, oh, he doesn't care about our car. He doesn't care about our dog. He doesn't care about this. Yes, he does. He cares about everything. Don't you care about your children, everything about them? He cares about you. Amen. God's relentless love, I said, he shows it. He plans for us. An example we see is with Jeremiah when God was calling him to be a prophet. And the Lord said to him in Jeremiah 1, verses 4 through 5, Now the word of the Lord came to me, to Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Think about that. He's saying to Jeremiah, Before I formed you, God's saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So in that love, he already knows your destiny. He already knows your call. He already knows the spiritual giftings he's given you, the talents he's given you. He was telling Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was like, I can't speak. And he's like, I'm going to give you the words to speak, just like Moses. You know, um, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Isn't God good? Because he wants us to have to depend on him for everything. Example we see is with David when God displays his perfect knowledge of David in Psalms 139 verses 1 through 18. And I'm going to read them because you need to hear this. Because this isn't just for David. This is for y'all today, okay? You need to hear this. O oh Lord, David's saying this. You have searched me and you know me. Psalms 139, 1 through 18. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all my ways. See, David understood that. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind, and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot even attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. He knows every single day that he has formed for you. He has a destiny for you. He loves you. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them, God's thoughts towards us. Think about that. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. That's how much our covenant God loves us. Romans 8:29 This is for y'all cuz you're in Christ. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. He predestined you and he foreknew you. He knew you before you were ever thought of. Isn't that amazing? Ephesians 2:10 For we are his workmanship. Think about that. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's something I declare over my life and y'all's lives, that we have been created. We are his workmanship created in Christ for good works that we can walk them out. He's already got it planned. We need to walk that plan out. And the word of God says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. So if you're listening to the Lord, the unction of the spirit, I tell you what, you're going to walk out those plans. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption. Adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Think about that. He predestined us. God's relentless, intimate covenant love for you is shown in the redemptive plan he designed in order that you could have a personal, intimate relationship with him. And he did this through the new covenant. John nineteen twenty-eight through 30. One of the most powerful things that Jesus said, he said, it is finished. When he hung on that cross and then he gave his, his life up. They didn't take it. He gave it up. He said, it is finished. The veil was torn. It is finished. The blood was shed. Remember covenant, blood has to be shed his blood was shed. He said, it's finished. You're in covenant. And as we see in all of those scriptures before is that he predestined us. He foreknew us. He had already known that you were called. You were the elect. He knew that. And when Jesus said, it's finished, he said, now you can come in covenant as you accept Christ as Lord and savior. You know, we are, we are heirs of Abraham. Amen. So we can receive all the promises, Old Testament, New Testament. It all blends in. And it's all about the covenant. Our God is a covenant God. It's a relentless, intimate covenant love that he has for us. Romans 5, 8 says that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Remember, it's not based on you. Pastor has taught us the Spirit draws us to salvation. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. He set his love upon you. He said, I'm going to love Donna. I'm going to love Donna when she comes into existence. He already knew you. I'm going to love her. I'm going to call her. She's going to come to me, and I've got a purpose and a destiny. Again. It's not based on performance, it's not based on works. He loves us with an everlasting, perfect love that casts out all fear and doubt. We never have to wonder, does he love us? You know, um, I told the ladies this uh, uh, about three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. um, It was really interesting, my husband and I were talking. And, and I had brought up um, just someone, not someone in the church or anything, and, and I was just stating some facts. <laughs> and um, just like, hmm. And, um, and my husband goes, you know, honey, uh, instead of stating the facts, w- why don't we pray for the person? I'm like, oh, mercy. Um, but here's the thing. So I came home, and I felt condemnation. Have y'all been there? It was just like, ugh. Oh. And I don't know if you've been there. Like, ladies, we like to multitask. And so we'll just pray, Lord, forgive me. And we're doing so much stuff. And then an hour later, we're like, did I really mean it? Did he really forgive me? Have you ever been there? And then you keep on repenting, repenting, repenting. So the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to go into your bedroom. And I want you to stop everything. I'm like, okay. So I did that. And he said, I want you to get with me one-on-one. And so I bowed my knees. I got on my knees and I brought my word. And he said, I want you to turn here. And it was Isaiah where Isaiah came face to face with the holiness of God. And he said, woe is me for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. And he was the most righteous of the time. And it said that the seraphim came and took the tongs and the coals and touched his lips. And he was made clean and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, when you ask, jesus to forgive you when you ask the heavenly father to forgive you um you don't have to have that his blood washes you and there is no condemnation but jana my holy spirit is doing what he was designed to do and called to do he is convicting you there's a difference between condemnation and conviction condemnation is you're under the weight of it and you never feel you can come out of it and oh you're so bad it's performance based But conviction is the Holy Spirit's job. And thank the Lord, I can still hear the Holy Spirit. And he said, so what he does is he leads you and he guides you into all truth. So he brought the word of God to me. And then he took me to James 5, if that wasn't enough. Oh, mercy. And it was about the untamable tongue. And here we are, we worship our Lord and our Savior. And then we curse man that has been made in his image. I mean, I'm telling you, there was a conviction and I had to, I had to repent. And the beauty of it was when I got done, there was no condemnation. The Holy Spirit said, I've done my job. Now get up and be free. And I asked like David did. God set a guard over my lips. Set a watch guard over my lips before I'm ever going to say something again. Let that conviction come. Because the Holy Spirit is always He's always there. He's always speaking to us, but a lot of times we just feel it and we're like, no. So I wanted to say that in God's perfect love, we are never to be in condemnation. But yes, conviction's a good thing. He loves us so much. He wants to lead us into truth. Amen. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That is love right there. 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. That's the kind of the love that the Father has given to us. You know, Dolly, when she goes into uh, the vet for her checkup, uh, they call her Dolly Tuttle. And I'm like, we gave her our name. He has given us his name. And we're not some... You know, a child he kind of brought in, and you're not really mine, so they get all the goods and you don't. He said, you're mine. I've called you. I've paid a price for you, and I've brought you into my sheepfold. And that's why I say it again, and I'm going to read it, the relentless love of God, the overwhelming, never-ending, relentless love of God. It chases you down, fights until you're found, and it leaves the ninety-nine. He will leave the 99 to go find the one that shepherd will and to bring him back. And so many times we can stray, but the Holy Spirit will draw us back and bring us back. And he'll put us back on the right track. None of us are perfect. And guess what? We never will be. But God's love covers us. Amen. You know, as you are on this earth a little bit longer than others, you see things a little different. You know, my dad has always said, you know, until you've walked into someone's shoes, you know, don't judge them. You don't know where they've been. You don't know. Yes, we can judge according to the word of God. But, you know, sometimes we need to give grace. We don't know where people have been, what they're currently going through. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, you're coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down. You're coming after me. God's relentless, intimate covenant love for you is shown and nothing can ever separate you from God's love. Romans eight thirty five, Paul says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. Can your past separate you from God's love? No. Can anything you ever do separate you from God's love? No. Because he cut covenant, and it wasn't based on you, because if it was, you would be at that cross. You would be there when he was being crucified, Jesus. It wasn't even based on you. It was based solely on what Christ was going to do for you. Just like Abram, I'm going to cause you to sleep because it's not going to be based on you because you know what? He would fail. It's going to be based on God. So isn't that awesome? You can be grounded. God's relentless, intimate covenant love for you is shown and you're going to see it in Paul's desire for the church at Ephesus. When he writes to them, his heart is for them to experience the death, And this is something that I pray over all of us. And this isn't just for the church at Ephesus. This is for the Harvest Church. Ephesians 3, 17 through 18. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. And I think about a big oak tree, or let's say a palm tree. When you go to the beach, you know, in Florida, they have hurricanes. Well, they say however tall that palm tree is above ground, that's below ground how tall it is all the roots that go down. Because when those hurricanes come, if you'll see the palm tree, it will bend all the way over and touch the ground, but it never is uprooted. Just like a mighty Texas oak tree. You know, you see these beautiful trees and what did people think in their front yard? Where are those roots? Is it under my foundation? (laughs) Because those roots go down deep. So think about that. Paul said that his wish is that you be rooted and grounded in God's love. Because if we are rooted and grounded in his love, no matter what comes our way, what happened in our past, you know, the Word of God says, forget the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Don't you know it? We are to forget those things. If anybody could live in the past, it would have been who? Paul. He could have said, my goodness, my past has kept me. I martyred Christians. I murdered them. I was uh, persecuted them. So I am not fit to write a lot of the New Testament. I'm not fit to be used for Christ. But he didn't. He ran his race. God's love will keep you rooted and grounded. Amen. Amen. May he or may have strength to comprehend. So he said being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. The height, the depth, the length, the width of the love of God. We can't even grasp it. You know, sometimes I say to pastor, I say, how much do you love me? And he goes, this much? And I'm like, "Mm, it's got to be more than that. But that's as far as his little, his little arms, his arms are bigger than my legs. That man, but seriously, we can't even comprehend. And that's something that I just, I declare over myself, Lord, let me be able to be rooted and grounded in your love and to be able to comprehend with all the saints, what is the depth, the length, the height, to know the width of the love of Christ Because you know what? Have you ever seen a child who they might be acting like a turkey? But they know their parents love them. They know. They know that no matter if they're going to be punished, their mama and daddy loves them. And that's what we have to be as children of the Most High God. We have to understand the relentless, intimate, Covenant love of our God that it reaches, that it chases us down. I think about mustangs, wild horses, and a pasture. You know that they've been brought in and corralled, but you know what? One might break free, and what does that rancher do? He doesn't go. Oh, okay, I guess they're free. Um, okay, I'll just keep these. No, he goes after that and brings that back into the fold, and that's what he does for us when we stray, when we get off path, and we all do, y'all. None of us are perfect. We've all been guilty of it his love is like a lasso because he knows exactly where you are like david said there's nowhere you can go that he doesn't see you there's nowhere it says that he will never leave us nor forsake us and we've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread his love is faithful we have been adopted which means that you have chosen amongst all those dogs i chose i chose dolly i said that's the one really the lord chose her for us we had prayed and we trust our lord and that's what god did for you before you were ever even born many 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 years ago thousands of years ago he said you know what i know there's going to be a janet Tuttle. I'm, I'm going to call her i'm going to love her not based on her i'm going to put my love on her isn't that powerful so again like i said in the beginning. As our message titles, God's relentless intimate covenant love, love creates an atmosphere of security, growth, and freedom. Again, I say to you, it's not performance-based. It's not based on works. Again, I say to you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but there will be conviction because he loves you. He's going to lead you into all truth so you can be set free. Amen. amen, amen. And not deceive because our hearts can deceive us. He loves you so much. Amen? All right. Thank you for joining us at Sermons by Brad Tuttle. We pray this sermon blessed you, encouraged you, inspired you, and challenged you in your walk with Christ. Thank you for being with us. Come back and visit us anytime. God bless you.